Well, you have your Bible still handy. A uh, couple of verses that prepare our hearts for communion. In Hebrews, uh, if you would turn back in the latter part of the New Testament, Hebrews uh, chapter 9 and 10, a very powerful account and a treatment of the temple sacrifices and the transition from the Old Testament temple sacrifices to the new the new Jerusalem or the or the or the Lord Jesus and and the church and Jesus is that perfect high priest who did the real thing and what what really gets to me is the fact that God in the Old Testament was very very uh, meticulous about how the temple should be built. And the reason for that is because it reflected a very real temple that is in the heavenlies, in the, in the presence of God, where God sits, the mercy seat. We're talking not just about a place in heaven, but the actual throne, the mercy seat of God. We're talking about how the angels and how the, uh, how the, the, uh, the presence of God is set up. So that's why when you see the, the details to which the temple had to be built, the specifications, the measurements, the, the, uh, the proportions of the inner chamber, the, the, uh, the holiest of holies and the outer chamber, and then the, uh, the place where the Gentiles and everybody else came to worship. Why did God take such interest in every detail? It's because it is a real place. It is a real place. It is the, the mercy seat is a real seat. And the laws of God are real. And, and everything that was made a copy of on earth had to be to the point, to the decimal, to the centimeter. So if you pick up with me in chapter 9, verse 23, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 23, therefore it was necessary that the copies, now you know what I'm talking about, right? Therefore, it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these things. But the heavenly things themselves with a better sacrifice than these. What are we talking about? We're talking about the general shedding of blood, the sacrifices. So the copies here, uh, the, the, the temple and everything that was made here, everything was purified by sacrifices and purified by blood. But how do you purify a temple that has been violated in the very presence of God, a covenant that has been violated in the very presence of God? You need a high priest that can just not go into the inner uh, holiest of holies here on earth, but someone who can go into the holiest of holies in heaven and there with the holiest blood ever, once and for all go and and sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat and then the law of God would be or would be would be met. The righteousness of God would be met. The anger of God would be appeased against all sin for all man for all time. Verse twenty-four. For Christ, Hebrews chapter nine, verse twenty-four. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands. That means the temple that's in Jerusalem, that's in uh, Israel. But into the heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself often, because that's what the other priests had to do 
every time, every year, every sacrifice, every sin, they had to keep going and keep going in. Oh no, the high priest enters the holiest, uh, most holy place every year with blood for another. Verse 26, he then would have had to suffer often since the foundations of the world. Jesus, if had to go on once, would have had to keep, in going, keep on going. And he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Are you with me in verse 26? He has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Verse 27, as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So in the same way that men live once and then they die, Jesus died once and then he lives forever. Men live once and they die. Jesus died once and they live. So 27 and 28 should always be taken together. Preachers like to take only verse 27 and Tamaka Lagake, you know, they, they try to have slam jam the gospel. It is appointed unto men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Yes. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. Repeat. So Christ was offered once, that's the high priest, to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. So Jesus came once, he suffered once, he sprinkled the blood on the covenant, on the mercy seat once, not in Jerusalem and not in, in Israel, but in the heavenlies. And there he finalized once and for all our sin. For those who have hope in this, you see that verse 28? Don't miss small parts of scripture. Uh, English can be very, uh, you know, uh, it can be uh, easy to pass over. To those who eagerly wait for him. Is that you? Is that you? Are you waiting for him? Are you waiting for the Savior who loved you, died for you, gave his, uh, shed his blood for you, is in heaven preparing a place for you? To him who, to, to those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time. Uh-uh. This time, be careful. It's not coming for sin. Like the high priest had to go keep going in over and over again. He's not coming for sin. This time, he's coming for salvation, which means to save us out of the very presence of sin, to take us from earth, to take us out of the very uh, copies of everything here and take us to be in the original place where the real temple is, where the real mercy seat is, because now we have access. Because the veil of the temple is torn, Jesus in his flesh has made a way to back to the Father, and we who have hope in this, we who are waiting for him, he will appear a second time. So there's a promise of his return. Let's, uh, let's crystallize that a little bit. Let's solidify, reinforce that by jumping to chapter 10, verse 11. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, underline those three words, three most beautiful words in scripture. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. And from that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. Waiting for his enemies to be his. Verse 14, for by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Okay. So in verse, in chapter nine, he has, he has sacrificed and he has given his blood for our sins and he has covered us. Now we are waiting for him and he's going to come again. So the first agenda 
in his coming again is to take those who are waiting for him. The second agenda in his coming again, verse 12, but this man after he had suffered once for sin sat down at the right hand of God from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. Second agenda, till his enemies are made his footstool. And this time we won't be here on earth. We will be with him as he puts down all of his enemies. For by one offering he perfected for those uh, forever, those who are being sanctified. So he saved you and you are waiting. He perfected you and you are being sanctified. He saved you and you're waiting for him to come back. He perfected you in, in, in heaven, in Jesus's eyes, in God's eyes, you are perfect. You are complete. There's nothing else needed for your salvation. Perfect matlab, it's full, it's complete, no additions. You can't do anything to add to the need for your salvation, the requirement for your salvation. You can't take away anything either. You are complete in him. And for by one offering, he has perfected those. And if you have been perfected, you are now being cleansed. That means you are becoming what you already are. You are becoming what you already are. You are a saint. You have been perfected. But according to last week, you're not a saint. According to the last month, you're not a saint. But you are being sanctified every day by the same blood of Christ that perfected, uh, that, that, that washed us clean. So the blood of Christ that washed us clean is also the blood of Christ that is perfecting us every day, which is why communion, 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 communion is the heart and cry of the believer's life. You go back 200 years, you'll find the communion was in the center and the pulpit was on the side. Pulpit was on the side, thoda uthake, it was on the side. You go back 500 years, there was no pulpit. There was only communion. You go back a thousand years, there was only communion. And those were the years of the martyrs. Those were the years of the martyrs. They gave their life for the blood of Christ. So you had the blood of Christ for salvation and you had the blood of martyrs as the foundation of the church. Those were the years when people were willing to lay down everything. They would take off gold. They would take off everything to give to God. Now we can't even get out of bed. Now, we, now it's too cold. Now it's too boring. Now it's too dry. Now it's not uh, relevant. Now it's not exciting enough. Now we need a band to... to uh, today we are a far cry. I'll tell you why. Because you had the communion at the center. You had the word on the side, which means not that it was less important, but this was the foundation of our faith. Now the communion has been moved to the side about 50 years ago, and the pulpit came to the middle, right? And now the communion table is disappeared. The pulpit has also disappeared. And now you have a man standing on an empty stage, walking about, giving his own gyan on the scriptures. So we started with communion and no message. Then we started, then it went to uh, giving the reading of the word called Lecto Divino, the reading of the word with pause and reflect, pause and reflect. Then it became Lecto Divino with a little bit of comment from the pastor. Then it became little bit of word with a lot of comment from the pastors. Then it became only comment. And now we're living off the, 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 uh, the opinions and the ear tickling 
uh, words of orators right in the middle of a lit up stage where the dark where the audience is in the dark in more ways than one communion 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 the lord's table is where the believer finds himself and that is what jesus died for that is what he, in, he invites us come to the lord's table remember me as often as you do this remember me this is my blood which is though the most powerful word spoken on earth when god himself took on flesh shed his blood and said this is my blood which is shed for you powerful powerful 